Hello, horror fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast of... The The Horror. Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow or whatever you have to do on your preferred platform to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can go to our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Sure can. Check out our whole entire catalog. Connect to your favorite, well, maybe some of your favorite social media links. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can check the bio of, you know, creative director Dean Winchester. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the draw. We really need only go that far. True. True that. And, I mean, we uh, have to include HR because it's HR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, she, uh. She can't be bought. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and if you're uh, just checking us out for the first time in the uh, show notes, there's a link tree address that can connect you to links to your favorite podcast podcast platform. Yeah, it does. So if you found us on something else and you want to be over there instead of over here, yeah, you pull that up, click the link. Biggity bam. Bam, you're in. Subscribe. You're where you want to be. Yeah. Subscribe, rate, hey, review. You're already in the app. Yeah. Or you're already listening while you're to doing us that. in an app. Yeah. So why not rate and review while rate you're there? Rate and review while you're in before you leave Costs to go to the other nothing. one. Well, you know, some time. Yeah. A little bit know. of effort. However, people are spending time here. They are. Because we've got amazing news. We do. Yeah. Where's our hip-hop horn? Where's our hip-hop horn? Hold yeah. on. This is the news we have, folks. Yeah. You are spending time here because we just hit the top 5% population of podcasts. Correct. In the world. Global. 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 Holy Moses. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Last year, we were very excited. If you've kept track and been with us and, yeah. you know. We were top earned 10%. That, earned that horror uh, fanatic uh category we uh we hit 10 percent last summer mm-hmm. and here we are cruising in the top five percent yeah just chugging along chugs chug 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 it's working it's working yeah <laughs> no so we thank you so much we do I, I i can't even begin at all to express how much gratitude yes. we have and uh just how strange and awkward at the same time so you know how I have the me journal where they asks me, oh, where yeah, it asks me yeah. a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. and one of the things, one of the questions it asks is, "What are some things that you feel are underrated?" Oh, and I put gratitude because I yeah. don't think people realize it really is underrated. Just how important it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like in life in general. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the the. The gratitude, the gratefulness is uh, beyond measure because we are not famous. No. We are not uh, any kind of famous personality. No. Uh, We have other jobs. We are not an influencer. We have other jobs. We're not influencers of any kind. And to see in basically two, almost two and a half years, uh, this little teeny tiny. This little teeny <laughs> tiny idea, and it yep. just keeps growing and growing and growing. Every month we're beating last year's month. That's and, cool. And metrics. 
and uh, and it's not even like a little. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Now we still got a ways to go. We do for any kind of sponsorship or anything like mm-hmm. that. So. Congratulations. No ads probably for another year, folks. At least. You know, yeah. Uh, but it's just humbling. It is. It really is humbling. And uh, For two schmoes from the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Central New York. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We don't have a, uh, a social footprint like, you know, we're in Austin, no. you know, in Podcastville over there. No. Where, you know, no. we can we can plug our jingles, you know, yeah, but no. no, we're just, uh, this is a thing we like doing. We get together. Mm-hmm. Once, maybe twice a week if we're on top of things. But, you know, we do our homework on this stuff and we talk about it. I call it my and, my weekly book report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and we just enjoy talking about it. You we know, do. this is the whole birth of it was we love talking about this stuff with each other. So we're like, eh. Spoilers. This is Frank and I, IRL, in yeah. real life. <laughs> this podcast yeah, is it the is. shit we talk about. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to start with the shit we're going to talk about before we get into, obviously, Baba Yaga is yeah. today, uh, if you've been keeping along. But if not, it's Baba Yaga today. Good Friday! Episode uh, 118. Yes. But again, just to get into the uh, in real life things of what Jen and I would talk about, I saw this article and I wanted to share it with you. Okay, what you got? It's been killing me because I've been hanging on to it for days. Lay it on me. And I want to talk to you. Am I prepared for this? Maybe, I don't know. Okay. But I'm glad I told you this after I came home, after being away, instead of before. Fair enough. So we'll go off with that. Okay. Homeowner smells cigarette smoke on his property after missing some items. Cops find 24-year-old with meth and fentanyl living in the attic. God, I have heard this story. Over and over. So many times. Yeah, so there's this uh, Washington State. Yep. Uh, the homeowner was stunned to find that a 24-year-old man was living in the attic of his property after he smelled cigarette smoke and noticed he was missing some items in the house. The unidentified homeowner asked police, uh, you know, basically after he fouled the scent of the smoke, yep. he discovered signs of a person living in a loft area of the mm-hmm. building on his property. They found a makeshift bed clothes that didn't belong to them yes you know food that was halfway eaten drug paraphernalia a heater turned on upstairs oh my god this guy was living (laughs) he was living in there he also reported that he was missing about three thousand dollars along with his passport and a wallet with his uh bank cards and his license (laughs) so he's getting fleeced right yeah in so many ways yeah the police removed the items in the attic and told the homeowner that who was uh, whoever was living there would likely return. Yeah. Their prediction, correct. Of course. The that's police. His, that's that freeloader's home. Yeah. So the police were called after the homeowner said someone had locked him out of the building. Oh, my God. The police respond. They find this guy. I'm not going to list his name. Uh, inside the property with all the items that he allegedly stole from the homeowner. They were able to arrest after spending half an hour to get him out of the home and said they found the fentanyl and meth on him, on his person. So he was booked into uh, Sonomish uh, County Jail and charged with second-degree theft, residential burglary, burglary, and knowingly possessing fentanyl and methamphetamine. 
He was given a $25,000 bail by a judge. And the police said that this guy was well known to them and had a long criminal past, Mm -hmm. including nine felonies and misdemeanors. Among those was a charge for trespassing just two weeks prior to this incident. And he was first charged as a 10-year-old for theft. So, (laughs) do you remember when I had my real estate license and I was doing the broker's opens? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. We did a broker's open in... um, it was a house like two doors down from Charles Woods' mansion. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge house. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm walking through with the manager of the brokerage mm-hmm. I was with and a couple other agents. And we went through the first floor, the second floor, and then we went up into the attic space. And it was like a maze. Mm-hmm. And this woman's husband had just passed away. So she had she had a beach home and that's where she was going to live. It was like at Lake George or whatever. Sure. So that was going to become her primary residence. Mm-hmm. And she was selling the big house, which is where we were trying to sell doing the brokers open. And upstairs in the attic, there was Way in the back. Now, I tell you, we went through this whole house. I don't know if anyone else went into the attic, but we did. Mm-hmm. And there was a, sleep, a sleeping bag. There yeah. was literally a bed. There was a light set up next to the sleeping bag slash bed. There were piles of clothes. And I turned to my manager and I go, if we hadn't been talking, we legit would have come across a person. And yeah. she's like, what do you mean? I go, someone is squatting in this house. Yeah. Whoever buys this house gets that person too. Yeah, right. And she's like, you think? I go, what? how do you not think? <laughs> I'm like, this woman, if she's even here, this house is sitting here. Yeah. He was living the life of Riley. Yeah. There's no way. And I can't even say for certain that even the real estate agent who listed it went up into the attic. Yeah. Like it was it was clear. It was crystal clear someone was someone squatting. Was At there. least yeah. one person. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Because I mean she still had stuff. In the other rooms, and she was spending all her time at Lake George. Who knows how many people were in that house? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's when I was like, um, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in here anymore, and I don't want like to do go. this anymore. <laughs> I want to do this right here. This right here, I don't want to do it do anymore. Do we have tasers? Like, oh, how, do we, man. how do we defend ourselves? Yeah, I never heard that before. Oh, yeah. 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 And oh. when I tell you, like, this was a huge house, but it was, like, it was in the back because it was kind of like a little horseshoe Yeah, those homes are area. huge out there. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. And that's where I sit there and, like, I've been and in- it backs up to the woods. I've been in a handful of those homes. hmm And I always thought about that. I was like- 
if you were alone in this house or even your whole family, like yeah. I, I was in a house up in Lake George one day and it was like a 40 room house, not 40 bedrooms, but just 40, 40 rooms. total rooms. Yeah. And out of the whole entire home, they had probably out of the total 40 rooms, 30 of them were finished. Mm-hmm. There was like a whole entire floor that, that was just unfinished. wasn't finished. Yeah. It was, I mean, finished like paneling wise and floor and all right, that. Right, yeah. But there was no furniture in yeah. there. There was nothing. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, all right, we're on the fourth floor of this house. Mm-hmm. The first two floors are like the occupied floors. Mm-hmm. Then you've got these top two floors mm-hmm. that are, who knows when you're in there. Yeah. Like what you're doing. And then you got this top floor that is just nothing. Mm-hmm. And I used to think about that. It was just like, you could be in there for like a month, a year, yeah, and just not know. Yeah. I mean, like this. It's inc- it's the just seller story was that the husband had been sick, like he had a long, prolonged yeah. illness, and she was spending. Was it from secondhand smoke from the squatter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, she was spending most of her time either at the hospital or at the the beach house, is what mm. they called it. Yeah, I mean. It's on the lake. Yeah, yeah. It, it should be the lake house. The lake house, yeah. Um, because it was smaller and it was more manageable. Oh. So that person could have been there years. Who knows? Yeah. No. Had a nice little, had a nice little hidey hole. It was literally in the back of the house. It was the farthest point. Yeah. Point. No, it's where you'd want to be. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no. My goodness. Even had um, you know the rolling. Metal frames that you can hang stuff on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had a bunch of those, like, had made himself, like, a makeshift room. Yeah. Back there. And when I got to laugh because you turned to the agent, and the agent's like, you think? <laughs> like, I still marvel at the blatant, just, like, thickness ignorant of people. Bliss. Just ignorant bliss of people. Because, I mean, like, that's naturally the I first thing you think of. I one of the other of. agents, and I go... And she and I. Yeah, locked in. We both locked in. And I was like, you see it, right? And she's like, I'd like to not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, and I, I went downstairs and I told the the agent, the listing yeah, agent. The listing I was agent. like, um, you might want to have someone tour this house because looks like someone's living yeah. in the attic. And I go, and I doubt it's the homeowner. And the guy's just looking at me like, whatever. And I go, no, legit. And and the other agent's like, yeah, no, you might at least want to go and look at it before you completely disregard us. Yeah. Yeah. And what's worse is, you know. So could you imagine? So for two hours, there were this unending mass of people because you know it's one of the million dollar homes yeah so you got people that are just like going in there just oh i want to check it out yeah Yeah. and here's the thing even with the brokers opens it's technically an open house anyone can anyone can come in yeah so even if the person like i if that person had you know decent enough clothes yeah he could just, yeah, just come come down and blend right in with everybody. Like, yeah, he was there all for right, the, I get what you're saying. He was there for the open. Yeah, 
Just have a good set of clothes, yeah. and then like yeah. as everybody's walking, just yeah. do do do, come walking out. You got all that food there, yeah. That they're serving yes. for brokers opens. Yes. Oh man, yes. infiltration. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that was the first time I was like, and I had done open houses by myself. That was the first time I was like, you know, I should probably bring another person with me. Yeah. If I'm doing a remote or a vacant yeah. property. Well, and that's what, yeah, you used to do yeah. all the time. You're like, And hey, I used to ask you, know. you, hey, yeah, would you mind coming to an open house with me? Yeah. <laughs> and you would bring whatever work you had to do. Yeah. And you would sit there and well, you'd, you'd do your work. Yeah. yeah. I remember that clearly. That's why. Well, yeah. That's know. what started it. Okay. I didn't know that's what started it. I just thought it was a general, like, practical idea. Yeah. I mean, it is was, It is know. good practice. Yeah. But that's what uh, enforced it. I was like, yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not doing this. Oh, yeah. That's when I realized I had taken some chances because I had done some open houses yeah. in places that, you, you know. You find out the hard way. I legit you know. probably shouldn't have been there alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> Man, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah. You know, you figure no alarm system on a place like that. Like that's no. just no. It's crazy. There was nothing. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember uh, that one place I was at. They had staff, quote mm-hmm. unquote. There, they had landscapers. Mm-hmm. They had you know like a maintenance person. Yep. They had uh, uh, like a maid, mm-hmm. and you know they had a couple other people. There was always like five, six people at the house. Just doing shit. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and I was like, you know what? I want to be wealthy, but I want to be like obviously wealthy spiritually and with friends and family. I want that. Mm -hmm. That's the priority. But as far as money, like I don't want a place like that. I don't want a place where there's always just four or five people hanging around. I don't want to make myself, you know, and I I feel like you make yourself a target. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're making yourself a target like that. Cause then like, that's all you got to do is just like. Piss off a landscaper. Yep. Piss off, you know, whoever. And I mean, let's be honest here for a moment. Mm -hmm. You're not getting a college grad landscaper most of the time. Now, a a very, very close friend of mine does that. Right. And he's the most straight up guy in the world. He is the nicest guy, one of the nicest guys on the planet. Right. And the guy that owns that house. Yes. Up in Lake George that employs him is lucky as fuck. Yes. That he found him yes. because he is literally like the salt of the earth, the person. perfect person, yes. mm-hmm. you know, but what are the percentages of that? Yeah. You know, even the yeah. staff that he had around him, he was like, yeah, man, it's just people that made a bad decision and now they're stuck in this like lane yeah. of life, you know, and, and like, I find it funny that way that like people that have all this money surround themselves with all these people that they probably shouldn't be trusting mm-hmm. or taking a huge gamble on trusting yeah. on everything in your home, yeah. your intimacy at home or whatever, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just a weird way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with like a nice house that like I can manage myself you know, maybe I'll have the guy come in, you know, mm-hmm. or woman for repairs or whatever. You know, I mean, I'm not changing furnaces or, you know, I'm not yeah. doing, I got money. I ain't doing that, yeah. but, but I'm not going to have like the, the person, you know, cause then that's all you got to do is dick them over at one point. And, you know, they probably got uh, all and this. And who knows? Here's the thing. Like that guy could have been a former 
groundskeeper. Yeah. You know, someone that had the key to the property. Yeah. Access to the whole place. Yeah. You know. And he knows. Or if it's big enough and busy enough, you could go in and just be like, hey, I'm one of the new landscaping guys. Yep. You know, and just social engineer mm -hmm. your way in there. That's how I would do it. Yeah. You know, and I probably could easily do that with my background. I mean, I yeah. could just slip right in there and just... You know, hey, no problem. I need the key to blah, blah, blah or mm -hmm. whatever. And then, you know, now it you don't even need the key to make like a copy. There's zillions yep. of ways that yeah. you could do that. And that's how you get keys to the house. I mean, like the level of trust there yeah. is nuts compared yeah. to the risk of what you have yeah. and what you could lose. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, that was a defining moment. Yeah. What do you think about talking about Baba Yaga today? How about it? Yeah? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know which is more frightening. A squatter? Yeah. Or Baba Yaga? Yeah. Or being, no. Baba Yaga's more Being on me. Baba Yaga's bad side. Well, I don't think she really had a, a good side. I mean, her mm, yeah. the overall intention was good. But, yeah, yeah. But, but how I mean, you got there, that's a rough ride. Yeah. That's uh Yeah. Yeah. So this episode is for you, Daff. That's you've right. You've been asking. That's right. Daff was after you, Baba Yaga for been a asking. long time. Yeah. She was looking for her babushka Baba Yaga. And here we are 20 minutes in and we haven't gotten to it. She's we like, are you kidding me? Can you just get to the subject, please? <laughs> she probably tapped out five minutes ago. She's like, right. of course. Whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. So people squat in people's homes. Give me Baba Yaga. <laughs> I have one source. Yeah? BBC.com. Really? Baba Yaga, The Greatest Witch of All. I have By one David source. Barnett, November 20th of mm. 2022. Wow. Yeah. Fairly current. Yeah. How about them apples? <laughs> yeah, I know. Usually we're digging in stuff. It's like, yeah, 1850. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's yeah. in readable uh, language. That's a... Uh, yeah, it's all in English and stuff. I got my hands <laughs> on a book, and if you're a... Um, if you're a New Yorker and you're a Libby fan uh, and you have the Brooklyn library uh, library card, mm -hmm. e-card, uh, e e uh, you can get Baba Yaga, the Wild Witch of the East in Russian Fairy Tales. Very nice. And I, I have can, some suggestions as well. I can thoroughly recommend it now because I have finished reading it. And so you can clog up the whole entire hold chain for the book. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I don't know if there's an audio book, but yeah, if you do Libby and you're connected to the library, some it's a relatively uh, common book. Um, it has a introduction and translations. There's some contributions, but what's nice is there's a beginning intro part of just the lore and yes. history of Baba Yaga. And then they have 25 actual Baba Yaga stories cool. throughout time that cool, are kind cool, of cool. the, uh, the quote unquote, the stories. Fair enough. So if you're into the topic, Daphne, you can, uh, <laughs> I recommend getting this book and I'll share it with you uh, somewhere. And if I can find the audio book, I'll do that. Okay. But. So Baba Yaga yeah. is a Slavic crone, crone known for living in a house built mm -hmm. on chicken legs and feasting on children. Mm -hmm. She's complex. Yeah. They argue she's a feminist figure mm. and she's highlighted in. This new book from 2022. Mm -hmm. In fairy tales, women of a certain age usually take one of two roles. They're either the wicked witch or the evil stepmother, sometimes both. 
She's a key figure from Slavic folklore. Baba Yaga, she fulfills the requirements of said wicked witch. Mm -hmm. She lives in a house that walks through the forest on chicken legs and sometimes flies around close to ground level in a giant mortar and pestle. You know what they say about the chicken legs? That's what I want to do. I want a mortar and pestle that I can just... Travel around on? Yes. Yeah, and they use the... uh... They use the pestle as uh, like a like a canoe or yeah <laughs> yeah the house with chicken legs um, mm-hmm. in the book I was reading actually there's um, these homes the picture I have is uh, I'll probably share it on the um, the, the group. Facebook group mm-hmm. but um, this one's displayed in Stockholm and it's a storehouse and it's on stilts made of uh, tree stumps yes and the roots spread and, and they, they look say like that's what uh, inspires it the yep. domicile of uh baba yaga is inspired from so in like uh siberia and all that stuff they have these types of homes to preserve supplies from right. like foraging animals yeah. and stuff like that when they're not around so she usually appears as a hag or a crone and she's known in um most witch-like fashion to feast us to feast on children mm-hmm. you know because that's what they do she's but she's much more complex yeah. Then, you know, that little synopsis would su- suggest she's cunning, she's clever, she's helpful as much as a hindrance, and she could indeed be a feminist character in folklore. So enduring is the legend of Bob- Baba Yaga that a new anthology of short stories, Into the Forest, by um, Black Spot Books, has just been released, featuring 23 interpretations of the character, all by leading women horror writers. The story spans centuries with Sarah Tantlinger's of Moonlight and Moss offering a dreamlike evocation of one of the classic Baba Yaga stories, Vas- Vasilisa the Beautiful, while Karina Bissett's water-like broken glass sets Baba Yaga against the backdrop of World War II. Meanwhile, Stork Bites by E.V. Knight ramps up the horrific aspects of the myth as a salutary tale for inquisitive children. So let's get to the history of Yaga. Baba Yaga appears in many Slavic and especially Russian folk tales, with the earliest recorded written mention of her coming in at about 1755 as part of a discourse on Slavic folk tales in Mikhail V. Lomonosov's book, Russian Grammar. Before that, she had appeared in woodcut art at least from the 17th century and then made regular appearances in books of Russian fairy tales and folklore. And that's where the 1700s, this is where you really got to draw like a line in the sand through time. Bless you. I just blew it. Stole it. I know. That's the point. So, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, 1700s is kind of that line in the sand when everything was getting written down. Um, So a lot of times when you read historical uh, retrospects of, of things, a lot of it you'll find common that it starts like 1700, 1700, 1700. Yeah, that's when this it, is when people were writing stuff yeah. down. This is where a lot of people became more literary and, you know, mm-hmm. were able to read and write. And, and, you know, they're getting forms of putting this down in a, in a quicker form than long form. Well, that and paper and ink. Became yeah. Like much paper more and ink readily was, available. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really a trend with that. But these really go back from folk tales. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is folk tales are actually a lost art right now. Yes. You know, reading aloud uh, is maybe like the closest form 
that you could have to the kind of original spoken performance of folk tales. Mm-hmm. And that was the bit of it. Like these folk tales had to be grand and things like that right. because they were memorable that way. Yeah. You had you to know, get their attention. You know, so like that's part of the cost we have of being in a literate culture. Yeah. You know, cause you, you know, most people don't need to produce this like long narrative without me- memorizing it. Mm-hmm. If you want to read about something, you read it, you set the book down. Right. If you want to get back into it, you pull the book back up and you read it again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all the people back then, you know, you'd have these, these storytellers. Right. And they were spreading these fables and tales. And that's the, uh, the folk tales. And we don't really practice that anymore. That is a lost art. It is, yes. People, I think that's why people crave stand-up comedy. Because that is that kind of last art of yeah. tale telling. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where people are drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course you'll have ghost stories, jokes. Yes. And this is, I think, also where rumors work out. Mm-hmm. Like rumors work. Like you tell a juicy rumor and yeah. people just love the story. They're right. captivated yeah. by it. But before all that, that's how these lessons learned and lessons made were in the form of folk tales. Mm-hmm. And this is where they say like there isn't really a kind of natural history of Baba Yaga. It's just spread out right. all over. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to add that with, with folk tale telling. If you're a film fan, you might recognize the name from the John, John Wick film starring Keanu. Keanu. Reeves, in which the eponymous antihero is called Baba Yaga by his enemies, giving him the mysterious allure of an almost mythical boogeyman. Yeah. Japanese animation legend Hayao Miyazaki used Baba Yaga as the basis for the bathhouse proprietor in his award-winning 2001 movie Spirited Away. Baba Yaga appears in music too. Modest Mazorsky's 1874 suite pictures at an exhibition features a ninth movement called the Hut on Fowl's Legs Baba Yaga. She might well be making an appearance on the small screen soon as well. Neil Gaiman used her in his Sandman comics for DC, Mm. the adaptation of which has just had its second season announced by Netflix. So she might appear in the Sandman series. Mm. Baba Yaga crosses the Wicked Witch trope with the Fairy Godmother trope to create an ultimately far more unpredictable and powerful role than either of those, according to Yi Izzy Yu. Gaiman also used Baba Yaga in the Books of Magic comic series, and the way he has deployed the character highlights her moral ambiguity. Where she was helpful in Sandman, she was more of a baddie in Books of Magic. He tells BBC Culture he first encountered Baba Yaga when he was aged six or seven when he read children's fantasy books, um, specifically The Dragon Sister and Timothy Travels by British writer Margaret Story, in which she appeared. Quote, I felt she was the most interesting of all the witches and felt that way even more when I read some of the Russian stories in which she appears, he says. Quote, she seems to have her own life outside of the story, which so few fairy tale characters actually do, mm-hmm. end quote. Into the Forest is edited by Lindy Ryan, a writer and full-time professor of data science and visual analytics analytics at Rutgers University, New Brunswick, New Jersey, who is also the founder of Into the Forest's publisher, Black Spot Books, a small press dedicated to female horror writers. So how did an American end up fascinated by this Slavic myth? Quote, 
My Russian stepmother emigrated to the United States shortly after the fall of the Soviet Union, says Ryan. And along with my stepsister and stepbabushka, she brought borscht, matryoshka dolls, and Baba Yaga. While most girls my age were growing up with nicely sanitized Disney version princesses, I preferred the stories by Brothers Grimm, Charles Perrault, and Hans Christian Andersen. And of mm. course, in the books of Slavic fairy tale and folklore, that talked about Baba Yaga. And that's where a lot of people make the big connection with Baba Yaga is the bro- like the Grimm tales yes. of Brothers Grimm. Yes. And what I loved about this book that I got into, they went even further back than that. Yeah. The stuff that inspired back from there. Because even like Baba Yaga's name. Yep. Uh, like Baba itself uh, traditionally in Russian culture met a married peasant woman mm-hmm. and at least one old enough to have children. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of the line drawn in that. But in Russian now, and again, it's just amazing how time turns on things. Mm-hmm. Baba is a insulting word for a woman. Right. It suggests low class, sloveniness, uh, uh, a lack of emotional restraint or sexual availability, of course, of an aging <laughs> or otherwise unattractive kind. Right. And uh, when Russians build a snowman, they don't call it uh, a man. Mm-hmm. They actually call it a snow baba, which okay. I didn't know that. Uh, and these suffixes bring out different shades of the basic meanings of Russian nouns. So you got babka, which is what I used to call my great-grandmother. Yes. Which was kind of interesting. And again, babka is a midwife, usually Mm -hmm. an older woman with experience around pregnancy and childbirth. Uh, Babushka is a affectionate term for a grandmother. Mm -hmm. And in the West, the headscarf, you know, old woman in Russia traditionally wore war uh on another note um you know was was babushka and then there's uh babochka i think and that's a butterfly um or visually like a like a bow tie Mm -hmm. but that word is related to an ancient belief that when a person died the soul left the body in the form of a bird or a butterfly Mm -hmm. uh and it meant you know, both soul and butterfly. Right. And if a butterfly a butterfly fluttered by, it was the soul of a little grandmother, presumably en route to a better place. Aw. Yeah, isn't that sweet? It is a sweet thought. And then, uh, you know, Baba can mean old woman, though it does not always. And this is kind of it with Baba Yaga. It's all over. You know, it's all over yeah. the place. It's not like a targeted thing. So if somebody says it's a targeted thing, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. Uh, the word uh, staruka, more affectionately starushka, is old woman or makes a, a woman's age clear, basically. Right. And then age is described in Russian folktales in a way that might surprise us today. Uh, the old man and old woman in a tale are old enough to have children of marriageable age. Right. But they may be just barely old enough, perhaps in their late 30s. So when you're reading old Russian tales. Right. And they'll say an old man or mm-hmm. old woman. That could be someone just in their late 30s. Right. And that's great context to read, especially with these old Baba Yaga stories. Right, yeah. Because out in our culture, old is just this shoveling along person. Exactly. Frail, and, and that's uh, that's different. But Baba Yaga herself is far older than that. Yes. Of what they would declare as an old man or old woman. Right. And so the second part of her name, Yaga is really hard to define. Uh, I kind of 
I did the book, but I also looked all over the place and scholars don't even really know exactly what it means, though they will, what they'll do is they'll point similar words as a comparison. Right. And that's usually what they do. And uh, one school of thought relates to the word to verbs for riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does sound rather like the Russian verb. Uh, it's called a cat to, to ride or the German word uh, Jager, huntsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another theory is Yaga originally meant horrible or horrifying. Okay. Which that one fits. It sure does. And should be compared to the words, uh, and I'm not even going to go into those words because I'm, I'm going to butcher the crap out of them. But chilling, horrifying, and these are these languages in the South Slavic languages like Bosnian, Croatian, Serbian. Yeah. So kind of, I if I were to set a piece of camp somewhere, mm-hmm. it would be this old woman who's yeah. horrifying yeah. horrible and it fits in all the stories that they had and if baba yaga originally played a role in like a secret corpus of myths or mm-hmm. initiation rituals a taboo might have discouraged people from saying her name in other contexts yeah you know so in uh in another example well, there's the, power in a name yeah the original uh russian word for bear is lost most slavic languages use a euphemism like the Russian uh, Medved. Mm-hmm. So that's where it gets tough with all this stuff. Uh, you know, and I know that's a kind of big thing with old Russian tales. Yeah. They all kind of go the same kind of path. And uh, that word uh, came from roots meaning honey eater. So you go from like bear to Medved to honey eater. Right. But now it looks like honey knower uh, with the same root ved that appears in the word vedma uh, as contemporary political cartoon show. The bear is still a central figure in Russian culture. Yeah. So it's that similar uh, back and forth. But the uh, there's not a whole lot of space that people will devote to getting into these theories with Yaga. Right. Uh, they'll make an attempt. They go as far as they can. And then they just kind of put, you know, some sort of forest Baba, mm-hmm. you know, um, this horrible forest person. Right. In which the tales actually go through. So, in fact, the origins of Baba Yaga might go back far further than the 17th century. There's a school of scholarly thought that says she's a Slavic analog of the Greek deity Persephone, Mm -hmm. goddess of spring and nature. She's certainly associated with the woods and forests and the wildness of nature. Quote, the essence of Baba Yaga exists in many cultures and many stories and symbolizes the unpredictable, untamable nature of the female spirit of Mother Earth and the relationship of women to the wild, says Ryan. What lifts Baba Yaga above the usual two-dimensional witches of folklore is her duality, sometimes as an almost heroine, sometimes as a villain. Her rich, earthly evocation of womanhood, quote, Baba Yaga still remains one of the most ambiguous, cunning, and clever women of folklore, says Ryan. She commands fear and respect and simultaneously awe and desire. I admire her carelessness, her independence, even her cruelty. And in a world where women are so often reduced to hazy blurs of inconsequence, she is a figure that reminds us that we are ferocious and untamable and that (laughs) such freedoms often come at a cost. (laughs) In fact, she's something of a proto-feminist icon. Quote, absolutely she is, says Yi Izzy Yu, one of the authors who has contributed a story 
to Into the Forest, one of the ways in which she merits such a description is that she completely upends the nurturing mother stereotype applied to women by eating children rather than pushing them out of pushing them out or breastfeeding them. Mm-hmm. She's a power she's powerful despite not being attractive in a conventional sense. She lives by her own magical terms rather than mundane rules, says Izzy. And she challenges conceptual categories at every turn. Even her home is both house and chicken, making her, yes, household in a sense, but not in any way tied down. Yeah. In this way, I guess she's an early motorhome gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> she's a true outlaw. Izzy likens Baba Yaga to trickster characters from many mythologies, such as North, the Norse god of mischief, Loki or Coyote from Native American folklore. Quote, while Baba Yaga often plays a villain, she is also likely to offer assistance. For example, in Vasilisa the Beautiful, she helps free Vasilisa from the clutches of an evil stepfamily, she says. And while Baba's dangerous to deal with, like many of those who operate on the shadowy side of the law in contemporary movies, she can as well prove herself invaluable in dangerous circumstances. In this way, Baba Yaga complicates the passive female nurturing role with a type of, I'll do whatever I want. I'll do what I want. (laughs) Outlaw power that you ordinarily only see associated with men, which is true. Yeah, no, it is true. She is more brutal. Like, you you would be more apt to see her almost as a male figure in in the ways that she can be. I think think also what people, you know, again, this is looking back in the current situation now, which is so detached from that, but... yeah. The Russian life is hard. Yeah. And especially the further you go back in time, it was just harder and harder and harder. Yeah. And that you can see once you start getting into Russian literature, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's there's not many happy stories that are from Russian writers. I mean, like you look at yeah. Fyodor Dos- uh, Dostoevsky. Dos- yeah. I mean, if you haven't read, please do, because you're going to feel pretty damn good about yourself, but it's also really, really deep, deep thinking on deep things that are challenging in Mm -hmm. your life and and crossing lines, Mm -hmm. going too far. And that was a lot of uh, the writing uh, from Baba Yaga, the folktales all the way up to someone like Fyodor Dostoevsky that Mm -hmm. just created these things. Cause you know, there's some that, uh, look in the light like you were explaining, the powerful, yeah. you know, everything. And then there's another more kind of uh, like almost occulted possibility that Baba Yaga is the devil's grandmother. You know, nice. there's that look, you yeah. know. And, you know, it shows up uh, in, in like a rushing saying approximately equivalent to go to hell. Um, and it's uh, go to the devil's grandmother. Uh, there's no way to prove this stuff and trace right. it, but... But it, it's an in, interesting approach to it, you know. And I was going to get more into the tales. Do you have different stuff? Or? I do. Okay. Uh, Izzy was born and grew up in northern China, and as a great deal of Russian literature was translated into Chinese, Baba Yaga crossed the border and into the Chinese psyche. Quote, my first exposure to Baba Yaga was a Chinese cartoon I saw when I was very young. I remember this cartoon because I told my grandmother that Baba Yaga looked exactly like my big uncle, and this made her grandmother laugh. Big uncle did not laugh, says Izzy. The trope of the mountain or forest crone or witch is a popular one across East East Asia, mainly because, says Izzy, 
Quote, the mountains are associated with great spiritual power and with hermit figures who decide to live their life on their own terms, much like how Baba Yaga is very much of her own woman, she adds. And that in Japan, there's a character called Yamamba, who is strikingly similar to Baba Yaga. She, too, is often portrayed as having repulsive physical features and a taste for children. She's also morally ambiguous, alternately described as a monster cannibal or an agent of change and transformation and a guardian of heroes. For Lindy Ryan, the concept of a woman-centric horror anthology came before the idea of a Baba Yaga-themed book, but the Great Witch of the Forest exerted her influence. Quote, I wanted the anthology to feature the voices of women around the world who are unafraid to tell their stories, to tap into their own wildness and wickedness. And in that way, I feel like Baba Yaga came to me as a muse for the anthology. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. She she is a great muse for horror oh, anthology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote, what was perhaps most surprising was the readiness with which contributors took, the, took to the task and the resonance that Baba carries across the world. She truly is a universal character, and I was amazed at the response from women around the world who united their voices with hers. She's a reminder that freedom lies a little beyond the border of social norms and that we can learn as much from the dark as from the light, says Ryan. Izzy's contribution, The Story of a House, explores one of the unique facets of Baba Yaga's myth, her ramshackle cottage that walks on chicken legs, recounting its creation and construction. I was just charmed thinking of the little chicken legs of this big old house. This directly led me to wanting to write something about the house. As well, I had just come off translating the Shadow Box Book of Jiun, a collection of 18th century Chinese weird tales. It's filled with fox spirits, Tibetan red hat, black magic, and other flavors of shamanism, as well as stories of preternaturally intelligent or empowered animals and weird metamorphoses. This inspired the atmosphere I wanted to create in the story of a house and its themes. Does the legend of Baba Yaga have any lessons for us today? Izzy thinks so. She's a shamanic trickster, a category and boundary crosser, a reminder that freedom lies a little beyond the border of social norms and that we can learn as much from the dark as from the light. Ultimately, I think she teaches both and logic. She reminds us that we are both hero and villain, that a chicken can also be a house, and that we can embrace both the desires of the flesh and the secrets of the spirit. Ryan agrees and has a salutary warning for those who would dismiss the power of Baba Yaga. And in doing so, women everywhere, quote, I think we do best to remember that Baba Yaga may hide herself in the woods, but she's watching and she is remembering, she says. And her book, again, is Tales of the Baba Yaga, edited by Linda Ryan, and it's out now from Black Spot Books. Mm. And then I just have a list of references to Baba Yaga in modern culture. Mm-hmm. She's the character Valeda Gelo in Tad Williams' Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn trilogy, who is described as a forest woman that has supernatural powers, can transform into a bird, and lives in a hut on a lake with bird feet, which appears to move. Voleth Meyer, also known as the Deathless Mother in season two of Netflix's The Witcher, is based mm-hmm. on Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga appearing as a grotesque child-eating witch features as a prominent character in Hellboy comics franchise, including its 2019 film installment. As we mentioned, the film character John Wick is referred to by his enemies as Baba Yaga. 
which is supposed to synonymously be a term for boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Dragon Ball character Fortune Teller Baba is based on Baba Yaga, as is fellow anime character Yubaba from Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away, while the titular object of Miyazaki's Howl's Moving Castle is modeled after her walking hut. The ninth movement of Modest Mazursky's Sweet Pictures at an Exhibition is titled The Hot on Hen's Likes, as mentioned above, Baba Yaga, and is inspired by a painting by Victor Hartman depicting the same. Animated segments telling the story of Baba Yaga were used in the 2014 documentary, The Vanquishing of the Witch Baba Yaga, directed by American filmmaker Jessica Oreck, in the animated movie Bartok the Magnificent, 1998, by Fox Studios, Baba Yaga is portrayed as a false antagonist who gives Bartok quests to save the Tsar of Russia. The 1989 PC game, Quest for Glory, So You Want to Be a Hero, has the player undo curses cast by Baba Yaga, I remember that game. who serves as a main antagonist in the title. She is a playable, magical character in the 2014 video game Smite. Yeah. Orson Scott Card's 1999 fantasy novel Enchantment features Baba Yaga as the rich arch villainess in this modern take on the Ukrainian version of Sleeping Beauty. The track, Baba Yaga, was released August 2021 on Russian metal band Slaughter to Prevail's album Kostolom. And in Lost Girl, she was in season two, episode two, Songs and Music, Featuring Mirror, Mirror. Mirror, Mirror is the the article. Mm -hmm. And that's where when Kenzie gets drunk, she accidentally invokes Baba Yaga. And then they have to spend the rest of the episode trying to undo Baba Yaga's curse. Nice. And that was one of the first times where when I was watching Lost Girl, I'm like, holy shit, they're doing Baba Yaga. (laughs) (laughs) God, what a campy series that was. It was. It was. But, hey, you know. Well, you know, what was interesting, again, with the book that I was in, again, they were going more off of the yep. uh, the old folklore tales and all that. And it was saying that many of the tales, you know, again, they don't really interlink together other no. than the characters in there. Yeah. And the character character can change in many ways, but had these kind of central themes. But many of the tales involve a single Baba Yaga, especially... Those were uh, she would like test a daughter sent away from her stepmother yep. or where she'd uh, have her her minions kidnap children. Yep. But uh, many others included basically, uh, you know, there, another kind of theme was three Baba Yagas. So additionally, Oof, yeah, there was a, as if one wasn't bad. Enough. I know. right? <laughs> so additionally, there's like a, a type of donor act of, you know, and she grudgingly hands over riches or a horse or right. a large bird for transportation. Um, or it could be like necessary weapons or tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, she points out the path to like a desired goal most often or mm-hmm. leading to or advising on how to recover a missing partner. Right. Um, she's both a cannibal and a kind of innkeeper. Right. Uh, yep. a, a woman who threatens but also rewards. Yes. Uh, she's a goddess of death, but she also gives access to maturity and fertility. Mm-hmm. Uh, she dwells at the border of the other realm, so to speak. Um, sometimes she helps the hero or heroine uh, evade pursuit, while at other times she's the one who pursues. Right. Uh, she may sneak into uh, Russia herself and mastering the path there and back. Other times she's unavail- uh, unable to cross. 
and must stop uh, pursuing the hero or heroine at the border. Right. Yep. Uh, in a few tales, she gives the hero and heroine a magic carpet to carry them back and forth, uh, you know, between the different kingdoms. Yeah. Uh, each tale in these, uh, especially the collection of 25 that were in the book, they're different. Though many of them share common features and some are variants of the same plot, Baba Yaga appears in many different guises. Yes. Clearly, folktale tellers did not expect her to be the same every time she appeared. There wasn't this, like, right. yes. template, no. prototype rule set. Uh, very expansive. Nevertheless, uh, her various, uh, you know, uh, positions and, and stable images would remain in the back of a listener's mind, even if a tale stressed another of her roles. So right. there was this kind of mental bit, and that's mm -hmm. the hag with the yeah. droopy boobs yep. and yep. all that stuff. And uh, if she's being pleasant and helpful, a listener would still feel some tension. Right, yeah. Like, what if she suddenly just started sharpening her teeth, you know? And, right, yeah. Uh, she might be helpful if off-putting, you know, as an old woman who lives in a peculiar house, and when someone arrives, uh, you know, comments on the smell... You know, with a foo, 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 they said. Right, yeah. Not unlike the Western fairy tale ogres, fee, fi, fo, fum. Right, So yeah. there was those kind of uh, linear things. A male hero would get the best treatment if he interrupted her questions and comments with a demand to be fed, uh, given a drink, and put to bed before he will go, uh, before he'll begin to tell her his news. Uh, she often asks, are you doing a deed or fleeing a deed? Yeah. And uh, she may give the hero a ball of string that would lead to the next necessary place, perhaps the home of her own sister. And that would bring you to another Baba Yaga. Right, yep. And, uh, and this, you know, kind of, uh, you know, this form, you'd get this trio of Baba Yaga sisters that may be replaced by an ordinary old woman, but their true identity is revealed by their role in the tale mm -hmm. as they send this questing character from one to the next and usually uh youngest to oldest would right. be the story uh the second uh baba yaga can be a frightening witch who is nonetheless fair a donor who rewards uh you know say a stepdaughter who serves her well while punishing the evil stepmother step uh yeah. daughter um she may give the good daughter dresses and other kinds of wealth or less um you know, basically like reward her by knocking off the stepmother or stepsisters, mm -hmm. you know, gangster style, mm -hmm. uh, or merely by not killing her as the stepmother had expected she would. Right. Yeah. You know, so it was never, uh, a, a yeah, it template. was never clear what was going to happen. She can also be frightening, uh, you know, which, uh, who's not a donor or who is, uh, an inadvertent donor, you mm -hmm. know, and it would be like on accident almost, you know. Uh, there's a story where uh, this uh, Maria Mor Morvena, uh, she plans to eat Prince Ivan, even though he has fulfilled his part of the bargain. Right. To earn a wonderful horse. And he has to steal this like mangy colt from her stable. Um, she's a thief of children and apparently also a cannibal. Uh, in one group of tales, her bird or birds steal a baby who must be rescued by a servant or an older sister. And others, she's uh, tricked into eating her own children mm -hmm. or children by a boy she stole who is old enough to figure out uh, his own escape from her house. And, um, you know, the, the roles blend, you know. So then you get into the, the like, the real big deal. Like, what's the point of these stories? And Baba Yaga tests basically peasant virtues. Yes. 
knowledge of the skills of husbandry and housekeeping, patience, persistence, kindness, generosity, and the capacity for hard work. Some scholars suggest that tales of Baba Yaga helped young people accept and understand their place in traditional culture. Yes. Because you got to look back at it that way. There was a lot of rules. Yep. A lot of places you had to fall into. And if you didn't, that came with a price. Right. If you didn't fall in. That came with a price and came with a cost. You could be Baba Yaga's dinner. Yeah. So even after the early initiation rituals where she played a role were abandoned, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you had uh, young village women, especially. Marriage meant entering a new household and adapting to new household organization Mm -hmm. under the authority of the mother-in-law. And this is where that whole mother-in-law thing comes in because- You're not coming into your husband's house. You're coming into your mother-in-law's house because she's running the house. Yeah, it's her house. You know, and that's where, again, being in a different place in time, it's hard to remember that, why Mm -hmm. those mother-in-law stories were the way they were. Right. Uh, In Russian wonder tales, even royalty may need to know basic men's and women's skills. Mm -hmm. And these stories were an offer, a benefactor of that. And or they become a benefactor of these stories. And even a, a czar's wife may change her fate once she is tempted by a golden spindle that spins gold thread or a silver needle that embroiders by itself. Besides that, uh, heroes and heroines of the tales must know how to handle Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. So when to tell the truth or when to lie, to demand food and drink or to obey her meekly, um, to steal... Uh, what they need or to stay with her until they have earned it. You know, so you have uh, a lot of these tales where even Baba Yaga herself was killed, mm-hmm. uh, baked in an oven. Yep. Uh, though sometimes she Hansel would- Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, sometimes she would scratch her way out, you know, or burned up after falling into a fiery river. Uh, she's very strongly associated with fire. That's a, mm-hmm. a big association. And- uh, there's a, a story where someone comes to her house asking for a light and Yaga sends her back home with a fire-eyed skull that incinerates the offending stepmother and stepsisters, you know, which, <laughs> I mean, like, that had to feel good reading something with like that. With great power comes yeah. great responsibility. But no, you think about it. You're in a situation like that and you're stuck. Yeah. And you're dealt with this, like, shitty situation. Yeah. And this these these tales, these folk tales, give you that little bit of thing to hold on to. Right. So then when it's happening, you got in your mind like, oh, man, if Baba Yaga was around and you just watched them burn. Baba you know? skull, man, you wouldn't yeah. be talking to me like that. Yeah. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, Baba Yaga's this reoccurring folk figure. And if she burns up once, it only means that she's no longer threatens the character of that story. story. You Correct. know, she'll be back in the next yeah. one. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's it's really cool in that regard. I very, liked very it. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was a very interesting thing to get into. And uh, I actually have a story. Lay it on me. If, uh, if we got the time. This one's a, a short one. It's only about like three pages. So Go for it. Once upon a time, there lived a husband and wife, and they had a daughter. The title of this is Baba Yaga 1. Okay. So. Uh, So, yes, once upon a time, there lived a husband and wife, and they had a daughter. The wife up and died. The man married another woman and had a daughter with her, too. That wife took a dislike to her stepdaughter. The poor thing had no kind of life at all. The man thought and thought about it, took his daughter into the woods. As they were driving through the woods, 
He looked and saw a little house standing on chicken legs. Then the man said, Little house, little house, stand with your back to the woods and your front to me. And the house turned around. The man went into the house, and there was Baba Yaga, head facing straight ahead, one leg in one corner, one leg in the other. There's a smell of something Russian, said Yaga. <laughs> the man bowed to her and said, Baba Yaga, bony leg, I've brought my daughter to serve you. Well, all right, serve me, serve me, said Yaga to the girl. I'll reward you for it. The father said goodbye to her and went home. And Baba Yaga ordered the girl to spin stuff from the basket, stoke the stove, and prepare some of everything to eat, while she herself went out. The girl started to work at the stove, but she was crying bitterly. Little mice ran out and said to her, Maiden, fair maiden, what are you crying for? Give us some porridge, and we'll tell you something good. She gave them some porridge. Here's what you need to do, they said. You spin one thread on each spindle. Baba Yaga came home. So then, she said, have you prepared some of everything? But the girl had everything ready. Well then, come on, give me a wash in the bathhouse. Yaga praised the girl and gave her all kinds of fancy clothes. Yaga went out again and assigned her even more difficult tasks. The girl began to cry. The little mice ran out and said, what are you crying for, lovely maiden? Give us some porridge and we'll give you some good advice. She gave them some porridge and once again, they told her what to do and how. Baba Yaga came back again, praised her, and gave her even more nice clothes. After a while, the stepmother sent the man to see whether his daughter was alive. Off the man went. He drove up to the house and saw that his daughter had become very rich. The Yaga was not at home, so he took his daughter home with him. They drove toward the village, and the little dog at home couldn't keep quiet. Woof! Woof, woof, a lady is coming, a lady is coming. <laughs> the stepmother ran out, let the doggy have it with a rolling pin. You're lying, she shouted. Say that bones are rattling in the basket. But the dog kept on saying what it wanted. They came to the house. The stepmother started to pester her husband to take her own daughter there too. So the man took her off into the woods. Baba Yaga assigned her some work and went out. The girl was beside herself with disappointment and started to cry. The little mice ran out and said, Maiden, Maiden, what are you crying for? But she didn't even let them finish speaking. She went after one and then the other with the rolling pin. She kept on chasing them, and she didn't do the work she was supposed to do. Yaga came home and got angry. The same thing happened a second time, so Yaga broke her up into pieces and put her bones in a box. <laughs> The mother sent her husband to go pick, her pick up her daughter. When the father got there, he found only bones to take away. As he drove toward the village, the little dog started barking again on the porch. Woof, woof, woof. They're bringing bones in a box. The stepmother ran out with the rolling pin. You're lying, she shouted. Say a lady is coming. But the doggy kept on repeating. Woof, woof, woof. The bones are rattling in the box. The husband got home, and then the wife really started howling. For you, there's a tail, and for me, a cup of ale. <laughs> that right there, folks, is a classic example yeah. of a Baba Yaga story. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, this book here uh, is just fantastic if you're interested in it. Again, it's Baba Yaga, 
the Wild Witch of the East and Russian Fairy Tales. They have nice. 25 tales. That one was three pages. They have some that go all the way up to 20 pages long. And it's just longer plots, right. yeah. more more in depth. Yeah. But does have that Russian flair, I yes. guess I could say, yeah. of uh, being harsh and... There are some unmistakably Russian things. Like yeah. when you're watching a video online, yeah. you can pretty much guarantee when it's occurring in Russia. Even if there's no Yeah. Like there nobody says anything, there's no speaking, there's no music. Yeah. You can just tell you're like Oh, like yeah. that video I shared of the guy training for boxing with the, and they're in the woods the and the bear. guy's hanging on the branch <laughs> and there's the bear in the back that's stomping like on. stomping on the branch to yeah. have it go up and down. Yeah. 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 That Russian. Was, yeah. The what most was Russian was thing. Was it Becky? She's it like, this is Becky. the most Russian thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's why it's up there. It's funny. <laughs> uh, I'll be watching or I listen to your mom's house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll have a video on there and it's always a dude with a bear. Yeah. And they're like, what is it with Russians and bears? <laughs> so then I'm compelled to go to YouTube to watch the episode so that I could see the video sure. with the dude and the bear. But yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. The number of times, like they'll be sitting there drinking the bears right next to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because yeah. they're like, they realize that bear could just clunk on their head and they're yeah. dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, like I said, uh, you know, definitely if you're if you've never been exposed to Russian literature at all, check it out. Check out the Baba Yaga tales, and if those really grab you in, start getting into the classics yeah. of Russian literature. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're into Baba Yaga, you're going to get served well because there's some amazing. Russian authors yeah. that have wrote incredible works of art uh, that just, um, they teach long life lessons yeah, and, uh, and really get into the dark side of life and, and making choices and how you pay for those, those choices mm -hmm. one way or another. And uh, the Baba Yaga's stories, the folk tales are very small, short story examples of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think they're cool. I they love are. them. I absolutely love them. I think I can't even remember the first time yeah. I heard about Baba Yaga. Yeah. I just, I was so surprised when I was watching Lost Girl in that episode. Like, it was season two. Yeah. I think yeah. it was the second episode, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, it's Baba Yaga. Yeah. They're doing Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, like, especially now to read something like that where things are just, you know, overly trying to be politically correct or yeah. don't want to hurt this group's feelings or that group's feelings. It's, you know, like these are nice, like tough stories. Like even that story I read, like yeah. the girl did everything Baba Yaga asked for and she treated, she was rewarded and she treated the mice with respect. Yes. That's like the guts oh. of that story. Yeah. And she got rewarded greatly for yes. it. And the other one came in and just disrespected Baba Yaga. All of it. Yeah. Disrespected the mice. Mm -hmm disrespected it all and she paid the price for it yes and that really is i mean even for a child to read that story mm -hmm. that's an instilling story to someone to say you treat people well right and you'll get rewarded for it one way or another mm -hmm. you know and i had to laugh even with like as old as that story is and i don't have the specific time period but that's mm -hmm. an old story yeah 
And, and that story rewarding with clothes, you know, like that was the reward, you know, and just to read it. And, and these are these beautiful things when you read old things, like nothing has changed. It's the same. And there's a beauty in that because what you can do is read all of this stuff from the past Mm -hmm. and learn. Yeah. And learn those lessons. Totally those for lessons the are there, yeah. and you can you can learn uh, in in so many ways. And I think that's missing today to read these things. And even if things older are in a bad context today, ban them or get rid of them. And it's like, no, no. leave no, this. You, you know, it. like these are the lessons. These are the great things. Even as harsh as these stories are, yeah. There's a there's a moral thing there. Yeah, there's they're moral a, stories. There's a moral component to it. You know, and that's uh, what to run with. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say fear isn't a bad motivator. It's a motivator. You know, I'd rather have nice clothes than have my bones put in a box. You know, I mean, that's. uh, Do your shit. (laughs) Yeah. Just do your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to be one of the tenants? I mean. Do your shit. (laughs) (laughs) So there you are, Daft. That's Baba Yaga. I hope we did her well. Yeah, I hope so. You know. I mean, it's all we got, man. Yeah, it's what we got, man. It's <laughs> what we got for Baba Yaga. And that'll uh, close out March for us. It does. And uh, next week, we're going in a total different direction. Yeah. Couldn't be more polar opposite to polar Baba Yaga. Polar opposite. Yeah. The power of prayer. Yes. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yes. Um. And it's nice because we'll we'll get to dive into the science of yes. prayer and also the spiritual part of prayer. Yes. But it's uh it's pretty revealing. Mm-hmm. And there is something there. Yeah. Whether people want to admit it or not, there's something there. And we're going to dive uh, as deep as we can, as the time allotment will allow us, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about the power of prayer. So, again, we can't thank you enough for listening and sharing uh, us with people you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Again, the news of being in the top 5% of podcasts on the, pl- uh, the planet is just an overwhelming thought to think about. It is. And we're so, cool. so grateful for it. And uh, we enjoy just, you know, we enjoy the fact that you enjoy this. I, I, I don't really know any other way to say it. So, um, Definitely. Thank you so much. And please tell others because that's how it's happening. Yeah. Yep. And uh, let's see. Rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. No. And specifically, don't cut the palm of your hand. No. There's so many other places where yeah, you Yeah, you could blood. do. You could just slice your arm or, yeah. you know, like, yeah. A finger. Yeah, the palm of your hand thing I never understood. I know, it's your pet peeve. Yeah, it really is. Number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. No, no. If not, try our Cult of the Month episodes. and That should encourage that should you. should do it. Unless yeah. you're that blissfully ignorant real estate agent Seriously. you were talking about earlier. Oh Number six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact positive change in this world. Yes, please. Put your shopping cart away. Yeah. Shovel your sidewalk. We're yeah. kind of getting out of the snow. Pay for the coffee, uh, the person Pay for ahead the of you. Pay the coffee of the know, person behind, behind you. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Next. Don't engage with the black-eyed people. People. people they got persons. black eyes. You go the other way. Yeah, yeah. You just better just 
just keep going. I'll feed the same. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least. Just listen. Yes. Yes. Which apparently you guys are doing amazing. You guys are doing great. Yeah. We can't thank you enough. So with that being said, we hope you have an amazing day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care.